Welcome to PR in Your Life podcast, episode number five. This podcast is designed to help age 40 and over athletes live their best life. On this episode, we are going to talk about leaky gut. Having a healthy gut barrier is key to decreasing inflammation and achiness. We are so excited that you're joining us today. Let's go. I'm Dr. Libby. And I'm Coach Alex. Welcome to PRing Life Podcast, where it's all about thriving, not just surviving as an over 40 athlete. I've been a family practitioner for almost 20 years, and I have been dissatisfied with what medicine has to offer athletes. Now, as a functional medicine doctor, I've teamed up with Alex, a functional health coach, to talk about how to get to the root cause of symptoms. And together, we'll teach you how to make 40 and beyond the best years of your life. Hey, good morning. Hi, how are you? I'm good on this gorgeous Monday morning. I know, I know. I feel like maybe the warm weather is here maybe. to stay. I don't know, though. <laughs> Just a little bit of rain thrown in between, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. super nice. The sunshine makes a big difference. Oh, it means everything. Yeah. I've always thought, like I like warm weather, so I've always thought maybe I'd like to live someplace warm, but man, the change of the season is so nice. Like I so appreciate the warmth now that we've gone through the dreary winter. I know the only, and this is just me, I am not a humidity person, so Mm. I could never be a Florida whatever. Mm -hmm. I like the dry heat. So I'm already like, oh, it's going to be sticky soon. But (laughs) I've gotten a little crankier like that as I've gotten older too. It used to be the hotter, the better. I didn't care. And now as I've gotten a little bit older, I'm like, eh. Andy yeah. says I've got like a one degree comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> that's mine. Above that, I'm too hot. If it's below that, I'm too cold. <laughs> I think between 60 and 65 is my comfort, yes. Oh, see, maybe for me, 70 and 75. Like that I could like be it a little okay. bit warmer. With no humidity, but that's okay. Yeah, Arizona, that's perfect for you then. It like is. the dry heat. Although I... But 105 is still 105. You're absolutely right. I was <laughs> looking at my weather app on my phone and I was just experimenting. I'm like, let's see where it's at, what it's like in other places of the country. This was a couple of weeks ago. And in Scottsdale, it was 99. Yeah. This was a few weeks ago. Oh, I know. 99? I know. That's what we have friends that live there. And we would go during spring break and visit. And just to live in a life of March, April, and your doors are wide open, Mm -hmm. and life is great and just gorgeous. And I think you said once they had like 354 sunny days a year. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? No. But then what I was kind of getting at before was maybe you don't appreciate it as much. Because when it's been dreary for a long time and then it's sunny, I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's amazing. Whereas if it was sunny every day, you get a little maybe numb to it and you don't always appreciate it. I know some people do, but I I think I get that way a little bit. Well, and I hope there's no haters out there, but I'm really sad we didn't have like some big snowstorms. I'm so sad. I love the fireplace. I love being snuggly. I'm just really bummed, but Ainsley loves it. My younger daughter, yeah. she loves the snow. She that kid will bundle up and go outside, yeah. and she takes like a sand bucket and fills it with snow and starts to build these little like forts around and snowmen and all God this stuff. Her. And she'll stay out there forever. And I'm like, Mm-mm, not me. Yeah. And Josie's just like me. She's like, uh-uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not inside. saying I want to be in it. I just like to look at. It. Oh yeah, 
It is pretty. But I hate to drive in it, yes, too. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm a total grandma in my car, man. Me, too. And the older I get, the worse. I used to be, if you don't like it, just stay home. And now I'm like, I'll stay home. Yeah. 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 And yes. I just, when I out, I go so, so slow. And then the cars get right behind me, and they're right up on me. And I'm like, I can't go any faster because I might slide. And then I know. that lack of control, man, it it's freaks awful. me out. Ugh. So, yeah. Oh. All right. Well, question of the day. All right. I'll start with you. Okay. So how did you meet Andy? Oh, goodness. Yeah. So we met in college. We were both at Wright State, and um, we actually lived in the same apartment complex. That's how we met each other to begin with. We There were these new apartments being built, and we had both, unbeknownst to each other because we didn't know each other, had... Um, rented an apartment in this complex. Well, then the complex was not built in time. So when it came time to move in in the fall of my sophomore year of college, um, it wasn't ready. So people had to they housed people up in different apartments in, in different places. And I think I met him at a party um, in that time frame of my sophomore year. But I, I didn't really remember meeting him too much. But when we all moved in, right after spring break, my sophomore year of college, um, he moved in and I moved in. Actually, people moved in over spring break, but I had gone on spring break with some friends from another school. So my roommates got us all moved in and they hung out with Andy and his roommates like the uh-huh. whole spring break. And when I got back from spring break, my boyfriend came to visit me and um, Andy and his friends came up and my boyfriend and I were watching a movie. And that's kind of the first time I remember meeting him. Yeah. And um, so we remained friends for a long time. And um, when I broke up with my boyfriend... You're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> we started talking. That hot neighbor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was kind of funny because you know how when you know someone as a friend, it's kind of hard to kind of, I don't know, like. Transition. Right. It's like, it do you know yeah. if they're interested in you and they don't. Yes. like? And so, but there was one night that we had all gone out and um, my friends were trying to encourage me to be interested in someone else because <laughs> I had this off again, on again relationship with my ex-boyfriend. And um, so I, I was talking to Andy as a friend and asking him about the availability of someone else. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, wait a second. I thought you were taken. I thought you were dating your boyfriend. And I said, well, no, we're breaking up. Yeah. And and um, and then that's when he kind of was like, oh, well, then. If, if you're, you're available, <laughs> don't waste your time on him. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So he kind of moved on in and, um, and we started dating. And then that was, the rest is history. I mean, wow. it got pretty serious pretty quickly. And, um, you know, it was just... I don't yeah. know. We were just pretty compatible. So so how long did you guys date before you got married? We dated, I think, a year and a half before we got engaged. Okay. And then we were engaged for about a year before okay. we got married. Okay. But we were still rather young. We were 23 when we got married. So, um, yeah, I think 23 or 22 and about to turn 23. Yeah, we both, you were. Yeah. Especially, yeah, that you, he was going to law school and you were doing med mm-hmm. school. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. So that's our story. What about you? What about you and Dan? Um, Dan and I met in high school. I went to Catholic Central. Okay. And he had grown up um, also Catholic. Well, I, funny thing, I wasn't Catholic, but I went to Catholic Central. Oh, yeah. And he went to Kenton Ridge, but he had grown up at St. Bernard's and gone all the way through. So he had a, a ton of friends at Catholic Central. 
Um, it was the winter of my sophomore year in high school. I was doing indoor track and came into our gym after track meet, and I see this guy up on stage playing guitar. And I was like, mm. who's that guy? <laughs> and because we were getting ready to have a talent show, and so he was part of the talent show with some of the guys from Central. And I was like, so who is this fella? And so I think it was when they came to play the next week, we kind of – Dan always jokes and says our eyes met across the gym uh-huh. at Central, and that was kind of the connection. But I was kind of the same as you. I had a boyfriend, mm-hmm. and I believe I quickly broke up with that boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And Dan same. and Dan and I dated for a while, and of course, high school relationships do what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't work, but then we got back together after uh-huh. I graduated from high school. He was always that guy that was always. I knew it was meant to be, but you just have to wait for the right time. Yes. So So how long were you guys together? Um, And then you broke up and then... We just dated. It wasn't real serious at the beginning. not real serious at the beginning. So it Mm -hmm. was after high school that it it was for reals. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And how many years now you've been married? It'll be 29 this fall. Wow. I know. That's crazy. (laughs) It is crazy. That is so crazy. My youngest daughter asked me this weekend, she said, mom, did you ever think when you were like my age and she's 11, that you would, your life would be looking like it looks, you know, and she kind of listed all the just really amazing things in our lives, you know, and um, quite honestly, no, no, (laughs) I never imagined I would have just all the joy that I have in my life with, you know, my husband and then my kids and just, um, the home that I have and just right. the the job that I have and the real I, I don't know. It's just more You're than like, I could have ever yeah. wished for. Yeah. Incredibly grateful. Yes. <laughs> I remember going I was telling her this story. I remember um, you know, kind of going through that awkward stage. Like I was a pretty awkward Ten year old, you know. I mean, my girls are like so yeah. beautiful. I'm like, are they going to ever go through the awkward stages that I went through? I look at my. Well, pictures they of- have so many things that we didn't have. Oh my! We gosh. didn't have eyebrow waxing and exactly. all this great stuff that it's like. Where was all the hair straighteners? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we. And- and the yeah. clothes that I wore, I mean, I'm like, have you seen that picture on Facebook? It's like me at age 10 and my kids at age 10. <laughs> yes. And it's like, I mean, here I am in like a, yes. you know, I mean, maybe not 10, but like I'm looking at like elementary school, a shirt with like a cat on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. And then like these, I mean, it was ridiculously dorky. But um, so I was in this dorky phase and I think I was probably, I don't know, six or seven or whatever. And we had gone to Cypress Gardens. Okay. Which I don't even know where that is. I, it's in Florida, I think, somewhere. We were on vacation. And there, there were these women. They were in the gardens, and there was these beautiful gardens of flowers and stuff. And there were these women in these like bell gowns, you know, that were just really beautiful off yeah. the shoulders, but like hooped out yeah. gowns. And they had fans and they were fanning themselves, and they were just really beautiful women. And <laughs> my mom tells me that like I walked by one of those ladies and was kind of looking at her, and I said, man, but she's not going to have any problem finding a husband. <laughs> I remember thinking That's that, so like, funny. you, you that, remember that. Yeah. yeah. And I remember thinking at that time that I might really have some problems finding a husband because I wasn't the cutest little thing. Oh, oh I had these like crooked teeth and this oh, like too. short boy haircut. And oh my gosh, it I was pretty bad. I hate looking at pictures when I was oh, younger. Yes. I mean, it was definitely one of those like, I have gotten better as I aged yeah. instead of. Yeah. Yeah, I think so Not too. Good. And oh. oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> so I digress. But 
Oh, man. I so know. anyways, let's yes. jump on in maybe and let's talk about leaky gut. So we talked last week about the bacteria in our gut, right? right? Which is super important. But when it comes to the gut, I think what's equally important is the integrity of your mm-hmm. gut lining. And so um, what needs to happen for optimal health is you have to have a really intact gut lining. And that gut lining is supposed to be really effective at absorbing micronutrients, right? but then also keeping everything else out. out. Mm-hmm. And you want both things to happen. So we were kind of talking a little bit at the beginning here before we started recording about the villi in the gut. So talk about yeah. that a little bit. And um, and then I'll, I'll jump in a little bit about the villi and how that works. Um, you know? Yeah, just basically that you really need to have the villi in there because mm-hmm. they keep everything out. Mm-hmm. And so when they're not healthy, it allows all the bad stuff to get in. Mm-hmm. And so then it starts basically attacking the good stuff and your body just reacts to it. Yeah. The way I think of it is like the villi. So the lining of the gut, if you look at it under the microscope, it's not flat. It or supposed not supposed to be flat. Yeah. It's supposed to be really um I look at I think like spiky little Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're kind of like um round, like finger-like projections. Mm-hmm. Think of it looking like that. And what that does is it increases the surface area of the gut. And the more surface area you have, the more room you have for absorption of nutrients. So, you know, think of like a flat line and then think of like a line where you just have up and down, up and down, up yeah. and down. That's going to be if you stretch it all out longer. And um, those villi get blunted with inflammation and then you don't have as much surface area to absorb things from. But then what also happens is, and I think of it this way, kind of like your gut lining is supposed to be like a privacy fence. Mm -hmm. And when you have a privacy fence, like not much can get through there, right? Right. But only the very smallest, tiniest particles can get through. But when you have like a chain link fence, lots of things can go through. And you don't want your gut to, you want your gut to be more like the privacy fence where it's very selective at who it lets through. Um, but you want it to be a really long privacy fence, which is where the microvilli come into to play. Um, but what happens is that that barrier gets damaged and now things come through that aren't supposed to come through. So and and things that come through are like food particles can go right through the lining. Um, toxins yep. can go right through the lining. Bacteria can go right through the lining. And then what happens is your body says, wait a second, I'm not supposed to be seeing that. And it, this is not normal. So I'm going to make an inflammatory immune response to attack that and kill that. And um, that creates all kinds of inflammation. And that right. inflammation can present, oftentimes I think the way it presents for a lot of people is achiness. You know, like it's just because your inflammation equals achiness. You know, that's why we right. take Advil and Motrin and all of these things is to calm inflammation down. And we just kind of accept it as a normal consequence of aging. But really, that's your body mounting an immune response. It sees something that it doesn't think should be there and it's trying to protect you. And here's the other thing that happens is oftentimes that immune response that's mounted, um, it it looks – at those food particles or toxins or bacteria as similar to other things that are self on our body and starts to attack those things secondarily as well. And that's how a lot of autoimmune disease happens. Autoimmune disease is when your 
immune system that's supposed to be attacking viruses and bacteria and keeping us healthy is attacking self or your own body. And so these antibodies that develop from this leaky gut can start attacking your thyroid and cause yeah, Hashimoto's thyroiditis or attacking your joints and calling, causing rheumatoid arthritis, the things that it's not yeah. supposed to be attacking at all. I mean, you want to have a active immune system to keep you healthy, but you don't want it to be overactive and attacking your own the good body, stuff, yeah. you know, right. which is absolutely what happens. And um, so, you know, in med school, I was taught that if you have an autoimmune disease, you have it for the rest of your life. And that's what I 100% believed to be mm-hmm. true until several years ago when I, my eyes were open to some of these other ideas. And when I started hearing about autoimmune diseases being reversed through functional medicine, I thought, really? No yeah. way. That's that not true. real? Because why wouldn't we have been doing this for a long time? Exactly. Because the approach to treating autoimmune disease conventionally is, you know, to control the immune system, to treat symptoms, but never ever. And as a matter of fact, I would never really even recheck blood work. If someone had autoimmune markers. They just have it. They have it. So there's you have it forever. There's no need to re-ever yeah. check it again. And um, what I found in my functional medicine patients is as I start to treat them from that approach, I would recheck their markers and slowly but surely I would see them, the titers actually lower. And then in not all cases, but in many cases, disappear. We actually turned it around. And it was so fascinating. And I, I yeah. really wouldn't have believed it if I didn't see it with my own two eyes. And when I did, I thought, wow, this is amazing. Right, right. Amazing. Life-changing, you know, getting off medications that, you know, on top of, you know, taking medications that you think you're fixing something, but it's also not good for your gut either. Mm-hmm. It does damage. So Exactly. Because what? how do we treat autoimmune disease? Oftentimes we use non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Yeah. And that's basically aspirin, ibuprofen. Well, those are two things that contribute yeah. to leaky gut. So you're treating the symptoms, but worsening the underlying problem exactly. and treating the symptoms. And, and it's this vicious cycle that it's yeah. getting worse and worse and worse. Of course, you're never going to get off of them because we're not fixing the underlying underlying problem, right? right? Mm -hmm. And leaky gut is so common that there is a test that can be done for it. It's called zonulin, and um, that can be added to a stool test, but it costs extra. And um, I really, I order that if a patient wants it, but oftentimes I don't. And I just say, we're going to assume that you you have it. And treat it the same way. And treat it the same way, because I think Almost everybody, everybody has it. And quite honestly, if you don't have it, sometimes the herbal protocols we put people through to kill their gut bugs and to clean their gut up, like we were talking about last week, can maybe create some damage in the gut lining too. So it's like you're, you you have it. I mean, you, you absolutely right. do have it. And, um, you know, what causes a leaky gut? Well, the, f- the first and foremost thing that causes a leaky gut is the standard American diet. diet. And, you know, standard S, American A, diet D, that acronym is SAD. And it's really true um, that the way that we eat is not conducive to health. And I get it. I mean, those foods that are in our diet that are so readily accessible to us are so rewarding. 
I mean, they just give us oh, dopamine right like away. crazy and they are so delicious. Well, you know, and, and they tell us it's healthy too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a hard thing too, is that, you know, we have bought into low fat, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff, you know, you go through and, you know, we cook with this, we cook with that, it's healthy. And you're like, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's no. Right. It's I re- processed. I remember <laughs> yeah. going through a phase in life where it was like, oh, jelly beans, no fat, red vine licorice, yes. no fat. Yay. Free for all. I can eat this all I want, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, we, so we were very misled actually um, for a period of time about that being a healthy you know, all that matters is fat, stay away from fat, and you're going to be right. healthy. Mm-hmm. And um, that, of course, was not true at all and um, was not a good way to eat. Andy was telling me that he used to eat Fig Newtons, like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like it was his job I love because fig he thought, Newtons. like, he was doing a good, he thought he was being healthy eating Wait, those. Of course, there's fruit in it, right? Right. And they're <laughs> fat free. So freebie, right? Yeah. But that's not the way it works. But the, yeah, the standard American diet. I mean, I, it's just um, it's so hard not to eat that way because it's our lives are so fast paced. That food is so. I mean, you go to Speedway. There are a million choices of foods to yeah. grab that are all just screaming for us to eat them because there's such a reward from the dopamine after we do eat it. Yeah. And um, same thing with our busy, hectic lives, like fast food is just so easily accessible and it is so rewarding to eat that food. And um, I think when I think about the standard American diet, a lot of times people think, well, I'm not eating that bad compared to everybody else. But what you have to remember is everybody else is not doing a good job either, right. you know? And so, yes, that's a yeah. normal way of eating. It's right. a very common way of eating, but it's not a good way of eating. So the standard American diet sets us up for leaky gut for sure. And, um, you know, then the overgrowth of bacteria that we have in our guts, that sets us up for leaky gut too. Antibiotic use, mm-hmm. that sets us up for leaky gut. And um, as does... Um, Oh, what was I going to say? Shoot. Um, oh, I know. We talked about it a little bit earlier already, but non anti-inflammatories. I mean, right. how many times oh. do you just reach for like, oh, I've oh, got a headache. God. I'll just take a Motrin, you know? And Ex- after exercising, I'm really sore. Mm-hmm. I'll take some you know? Motrin. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it's it can be good when someone has an injury. Sometimes I'll have them take that somewhat regularly for a short period of time with food, of course. But, you know, it's you're, you're better to avoid that as much as you possibly can. I'm, I'm not saying if you're miserable, don't take it. Yeah. But that contributes to leaky gut. And leaky gut contributes to all kinds of inflammation. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of, it's creating a vicious cycle where you take the ibuprofen, you calm the inflammation down, you feel better. But now you've created more inflammation because your gut's more destroyed. So you take more ibuprofen and it's just spiraling downward. And here's the thing. um, The downstream effects of not absorbing the nutrients from your food can be really devastating when it comes to your metabolism is where I see it happen. Um, Or your brain neurotransmitters production too is that you need all these micronutrients to make your metabolism work optimally. Well, how do you get those micronutrients? You eat a wide wide array of healthy foods, but you could eat them and still not absorb them. Right. And you're not getting the benefit from them then. Yeah, exactly. 
So, I mean, and so that just kind of spirals back to how do you best treat leaky gut? Lifestyle. Yeah. You know, (laughs) lifestyle, (laughs) the secret, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, talk about that a little bit if you don't mind, kind of like what do you, what would you recommend for patients? You know, it seems pretty basic, I guess, but. Um, You know, definitely, like we talked about, Food is number one. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's definitely changing the types of food, getting rid of the process, getting rid of the sugars. Those are definitely stuff. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, exercising regularly, just reducing stress. Mm -hmm. There's just so many different things that it's just all tied in together. I know silly little things like talking to a client about um, eating, slowing down when they're eating, Mm. being mindful, Mm -hmm. you know, get rid of the book, get rid of the TV, and really just think about what you're doing. Think, you know, just, and I know it seems silly, but just start looking at your food as such nourishment and mm-hmm. what it's doing for you instead yes. of, because I know I'm the fastest eater in yes. the world. And then I overeat because I think I'm still hungry. Right. But just those little tricks of, of doing that. But um, those are just, I guess, some yeah. basic, you know, lifestyle, easy modifications. That is such a great point. And I'm terrible at this, but I'm, aware of it now and I'm trying to work on it a little bit more. I'm always in such a rush. Like my life is always like, you know, and I I think our friend Ellen is like this too. It's like, you don't want to be late, but you don't want to be too early because that means there was one more thing you could have gotten done. That was a load of laundry. I could have folded. That was, you know, a floor that I could have mopped. Yes. The constant too early, too late. And yes, like right before I came, I mean, I got here right on time for our podcast today, but not a few minutes early because I was answering a few more emails that I could have answered that I answered before. So I would have them done before I got home later. And um, same thing with when I'm eating. It's like, I don't want to take too much time to eat. I've got things to do and people right. to see. I got to get this right. food in my belly and move on, you know? And you really need to slow down and yeah. tell your body, hey, this is not a race. Right. I'm not in danger. And chew your food appropriately yes. because you're not going to absorb your micronutrients if you don't chew thoroughly it. chew your food. I, yeah. I, I saw in, um, in our practice better that we use, which is our online medical record, they have you know all kinds of great ways for us to give people information. Little. And sometimes they have some kind of pre-programmed information that I will look at and modify and add to it what I think needs to be added to it. But there was one that they had like pre-formulated in there, and it was chew your liquids and drink your food. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I mean, and the number of times you should chew something before you swallow. I mean, I bet you I'm not even a fourth of what I I should be doing. I chew, 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 swallow, boom, I'm on to my next bite. And it's, and then if it's not broken down, I mean, your saliva is the first start to breaking down those food particles, right? The amylase in your saliva. And, you know, when you're, I'm swallowing that food half whole, (laughs) not going to be getting the same nutritional benefits. Well, and it's making your digestive system work so much harder because it's Mm -hmm. not broken down either. Mm -hmm. So when we have problems, you know, with sorry, people, constipation and different Mm -hmm. things, that's another one of the reasons is because we're just rush, rush, rushing. And, you know, our body has to work so hard to break down our food. And that brings up another good point is back when we were taught that, um, you know, low fat was the way to go and we were eating all kinds of sugar because there was no fat in it, so it was great. Um, 
we also became conditioned to think we need to eat six meals per day, and right. that's going to keep your metabolism going, right? Well, we've found that that's not really true either. Right. And what that does, is it keeps your digestive system constantly working. It is good to give your digestive system hours. a rest. Yeah. Absolutely. Let and the benefits, we'll talk about this in a whole other podcast, but the benefits of of some fasting is so important um, to help your body just rest and reset and kill off bad cells. And I mean, the benefits are just immense. But And we all fast, if you think about it. We all fast at night when we're sleeping. Unless you're getting up and having a snack in the middle of the night, you <laughs> yeah. are fasting while you're sleeping. And um, so we all we reset our digestive tracts at that point of time. But it's also good to reset your digest- digestive tract between lunch and dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need a three o'clock snack. No. I used to think I did. Yeah. I used to think I would die if I didn't have cupcakes at three o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> but as it turns out, I didn't when I stopped having them. And then I replaced that with a healthy snack because I had to eat. My blood sugar was getting so low. Now I've kind of eliminated that too. I just eat lunch and I eat dinner and I don't eat anything in between there. And that gives my digestive tract a nice I mean, there's a nice rest at nighttime, mm-hmm. but then in between my meals, it's a nice rest too. And you can adjust to that for sure. Well, and that's the same thing too, of that we've always been kind of pushed that the same fix works for everybody mm-hmm. and it doesn't. No. It really depends on exactly what's going on with your body. If you're diabetic, not diabetic, mm-hmm. if you have high blood you know, blood sugar, low blood sugar, Mm -hmm. you know, how many meals you should eat. So it's really specific Mm -hmm. to you. Right. So it's just. And that's what's great about what you can do with the clients um, is trying to find that perfect protocol that's going to work for them and what's going to work with their lifestyle and their preferences. And because there is not one right way of doing it. And I'm still trying to figure out what's the best way for me too. Um, But um, everybody is different. And you have to kind of experiment. But the hard part is you have to give yourself some time to see if that experiment is going to work too. And and that's it. Um, You know, I just had the discussion, we'll get back to this, of, you know, Calorie counting really doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And so I it's agree. really a trial and error. You know, so many things that we talked about, the food that you buy isn't necessarily, it can be off, honestly, 25% either way mm-hmm. in calories. Yeah. So you can't go by that. Um, where the food came from also mm-hmm. makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was it grass fed? Was it not grass fed? There's so many things. And then we talk about the gut. Are you absorbing or not absorbing? Mm-hmm. So it's really trial and error, mm-hmm. you know, for someone trying to lose weight. Mm-hmm. It's really just, we got to figure it out, mm-hmm. you know? You do. And it takes time. It does take time. And then, you know, in the testing that that I do, one of the things is we check their metabolism and how their body is working. And so if you didn't have all those micronutrients, your yeah. body might not be working at burning fat the way it's supposed to. And so of course, then the calories aren't, yeah. ma- I mean, and, and your body doesn't think of it that way. Your body doesn't say, well, she burnt 100 calories on the treadmill and um, exactly, and then she burnt, and then she ate this many calories. It's not doing the math in your no. The whole your, calories in, calories out has kind of gone out the door. It really it, it's has. not true. It is not true, and I have told patients that for a long time, yeah. and I feel kind of bad about that because that's what I believe. I did too. You know, <laughs> you know, I tracked forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I did too. And and you know, it's some. It works a little bit because somewhat. it's holding you accountable. I mean, right. what really works is you know <laughs> eating less food, you know, yeah. and I think the accountability of that will sometimes, sometimes help. But, um, 
But yeah, it's it's yeah. super fascinating what we've learned about that as, as time has gone on. I mean, you look at the food pyramid. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like the bottom section is your grains, your whole yeah. grains. Which your body burns so fast. So you yeah. eat more yeah. and more and more. And yep. I lived my life on 800 bagels a day, power mm-hmm. bars that were mm-hmm. high in carbs. I mean, and then to find out, I don't burn carbs. <laughs> yeah, I, know, <laughs> and I was I like, how cruel is that? Mm-hmm. So yes, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, super fascinating. But mm-hmm. but yeah, um, so I love like toying around with that. But yeah, I'm not a calorie counter anymore either. No. I'm just, I've learned what foods my body does well with. And I've learned um, to just, instead of counting the calories, I pick what foods I do really well with or what types right. of foods I do really well with and try to eat those foods. And that seems to really work well for me. Yes. And here's the thing. I'm satisfied. You know, like I'm full from right. the foods. I still sometimes enjoy the the cravings oh. and the dopamine hit that I get with with other foods and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I don't count the calories either. And I want to talk a little bit. We're kind of jumping around here a little bit. But Food allergies is another yes. thing we need to talk about. And you had a lot of food allergies. Yes, I did. And um, I remember when you told me about your food allergies, the first thing I said is, we, we need to yeah. we need to fix that. And what we're gonna how we're gonna fix it is we're gonna fix clear up your mm-hmm. leaky gut because food allergies are, you know, food particle is leaking through that. It's kind of like another way to think of the leaky gut is a colander. Think of like a, think of you're putting your spaghetti that you've boiled yeah. in the colander and the water comes out. Well, think if you have a colander with really big holes and now not just the water comes out, but the spaghetti the starts stuff. to come. The, yeah. yeah. And your food particles were leaking through your gut. Your body's like, wait a second, I don't recognize this. And mm-hmm. it attacks, attacks and mounts an immune response. So there's different types of food allergies. There's hypersensitivity reactions. And that's a true immediate it's yeah. like you eat it, you break out in hives. I mean, it's throat right. constricts. It's urgent and immediate. That's different, and that is not going to be fixed by fixing a leaky gut. But a lot of food um, allergies are what we call IgG reactions, and those are more of a delayed hypersensitivity. They're harder to pick up yourself because you might eat something and three days later have the reaction. Right. And so you don't necessarily tie it to that. But on food allergy testing, you can see it. And... Um, those, if we fix the gut lining, those do go away. Like I think, weren't you allergic to eggs? Yeah, and that's that's the big one. And I do notice it, and it's crazy. As soon as I eat an egg, my nose runs. Mm. It's an automatic. Mm-hmm. I mean, within seconds. And then there's the other stuff, like you said, that I don't notice. Eggs was the highest. Then there's other things like broccoli and some other stuff that I really, really like that mm-hmm. I don't notice until later. Mm-hmm. So like you said, if I didn't know, it wouldn't be something that I would have associated right. it with right off the bat. Right, absolutely. And sometimes, yeah. I mean, and I think a lot of the allergies that you had were like, those are foods we really want you to be eating. They're yes. really good foods. I don't want you it to not crazy. eat those. Yeah. But um, of course, your body was reacting. Your your gut is supposed to be almost like outside of your body in some ways. If you think about it, it's an intact system that is separate. From your body, like so, yeah. you're like think about has your dog ever swallowed something <laughs> and then like pooped it out later? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's supposed to just in, in your body only only thing that goes through and that gets gets into your actual bloodstream in your body are those tiny little micronutrient particles. Mm-hmm. But um, when the gut is leaky, a lot more is escaping. 
right. than should be. And um, and so we need to keep that barrier super duper intact. And we do that by, you know, fixing the diet, um, fixing the gut bugs, and then um, optimizing the good guys. And yeah. then I usually put patients on um, some healing supplements to heal their gut lining too. And it's usually in form of like a powder that they drink. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's usually like a glutamine powder of some sort. Glutamine is one of the 20 amino acids that you need um, in your life. And, um, but it's very critical for healing that gut wall and making that gut super duper and intact and and functioning like it's supposed to. Yeah. And, um, and so of course, you know, avoiding all the things that make it leaky to begin with, and right. then healing it can lead to um, abs- absorption. I, I started myself back on some leaky gut stuff this weekend as I was preparing okay. for this podcast. I was like, man, I treated it a little bit um, back when I put myself through all of this. But, you know, when people have a leaky gut, they have sometimes have skin manifestations mm-hmm. or sometimes have gut manifestations, of course, like you think about that with constipation and stuff. Right. They sometimes will have... Um, Achiness, that's a really common thing I that see with leaky gut. That was a big one for me. Yes. Big. But skin manifestations too. And I, when I think that, I think of rashes. You know, I mean, people yeah. who have like eczema um, and things like that can be from leaky gut. But acne, you know, and right. I've had this adult onset acne that I am yeah. struggling with. And, you know, I've played around with my hormones and that kind of stuff. And I thought that, that was what it was. But then I thought, gosh, Maybe it's my leaky gut, you know, maybe I don't have my gut lining as intact as I would like to. And um, I didn't treat that as aggressively on myself as I do in a lot of my patients. And so I thought, you know what, I so Mm -hmm. yesterday, I'm like, all right, I'm going to start, you know, doing a little bit better job with healing my gut lining and seeing if that doesn't um, help calm down this. Perimenopausal. It's so unfair because you're like, I'm not 15 anymore. Why am I dealing with this? And it's so far. I've never had acne when I was a teenager, and now all of a sudden it's like, it's cruel. Gosh, it's cruel, and I hate it. I really do. But um, you know, I'll figure it out. There's lots of reasons for it, but um, or lots of possible reasons for it. I just need to figure out. It's a symptom. In my, in my bo- there's something in my body it's that reacting. is manifesting yeah. with that symptom. And and um, I thought I had it all figured out, but I'm not sure that I have it fully figured out. So I'm going to keep looking and trying new things. Well, you things. look great today. Well, thank so, you. So yes, I know everybody can't see, but yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So um, let's see, what else? Anything else about leaky gut? Well, and I think that's the thing too, is that trying to stress with people when we are working with a leaky gut and putting them maybe on a pretty strict elimination diet, Mm -hmm. how important that really is to try to follow that because there's so many micronutrients that are irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. You just, that don't come in a pill form Mm -hmm. and you really need to get it through your food. So it's just so important to follow through with it. It's a short period of time right? normally. And you can see, you can learn so much by going through an elimination diet where we really take all the bad stuff, all the stuff that could possibly be bad out of your diet. And then we start replacing those things back in because what's bad for Alex might not be bad for me. And I certainly, you know, I have patients who do the other extreme where they eliminate so much from their diet that they're not even getting the nutrients that they need because right. they're so afraid of everything. Right. And that's not good either. So it's good to eliminate it all 
and then slowly over time Just replace things back, back in to see if there are things that you can tolerate or not. Like yeah. dairy is a big one. Some people have no problem with dairy. Yeah, and some I people, do. And yes. Some people do. Yeah. And you only know if you take it out. And then I think it's key when you reintroduce things is to reintroduce them slowly. Right. You know, because if you know, sometimes these reactions can be very delayed. So if you reintroduce something and then say, oh, two days later, yep, it's fine. I don't yeah. have a problem with that. And you introduce something else, you might be having a reaction on day five or six from the first thing. Exactly. And so you, you attribute to it to the second thing, you know. Well, and it's interesting too, like I, I having that egg allergy mm-hmm. was reading a month or so ago that a lot of times it's the egg white that people have the allergy to and mm-hmm. not the yolk. And mm-hmm. so it's really important when you're adding it back in to try the egg yolk first. Mm-hmm. And because that's really where all the nutrients are anyway right. that you need. And so, but it's actually the egg white, which we've always been told is so great, mm-hmm. but it's actually the guy, I mean, it's great for what it does. It's protecting the yolk, mm-hmm. but it has all the yucky kind of stuff in it that it has sucked in and absorbed. And so, yeah. I can't tell you how many years I threw away the yolks and ate the whites. And it's the opposite. Yes. We and need, now yeah. I sometimes throw away the whites and eat the yolks. I mean, usually I just yeah. eat the whole egg. But um, but I mean, the yolk is so... Yes. But, but it, that was back to the whole fat is bad, can't eat the fat. Well, and, and, and that's it. Unless, you know, the choline that you get out of the egg yolk, mm-hmm. the only other place you really get that is like out of your liver, mm-hmm. you know, liver foods. Mm-hmm. And how many of us are great about eating nose to tail. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, not me. Unless you want to start eating lots of livers and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like, like liver? I have it in my freezer. Yeah. Because I really, I it's know good for you. it is beyond good for you in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And I keep on saying, I'm going to just cook it up in little pieces with lots of butter mm-hmm. and some garlic and just try. One of the things I thought was great, they said, take it grind it up and add just little tiny bits mm-hmm. like into your ground beef and stuff. So you're getting it, but you're not overwhelmed with the flavor yeah. of it. And they're like, so some is better than none. So yes. that was something I really thought that I would like to try. Yes. I And I think you can even sometimes buy it that way possibly, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, but it yeah. is, organ meat is so good for you. And I, yeah. I, my mom used to make liver and onions when I was a kid and Usually in my household, you had to kind of eat what she made. Yeah. But that was the one exception she wouldn't make us eat it because, I mean, that's one of those things that you either like it or you I know. hate it. And I really hate and, it. And that's why I, ca- I try to tell myself that it's worth sucking it up mm-hmm. and, and trying it. So we'll have to follow up with that in the yes, future. Yes, we'll have to ask you. You'll have to let us know when you do try that and yes. how that goes. Yeah. So, um, so I guess my... Um, couple things I want to say before we close today is um, I help people with this and all my patients go through a leaky gut protocol usually. Um, But you can do this on your own too. Right. And you can do it by cleaning your diet up and avoiding the inflammatory foods. And the big ones for me, I think, are, you know, flour, sugar, dairy. You know, try eliminating those from your life for Two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Two two weeks a month would be perfect to really know. Even two weeks. And then, then... Add one Add one back in and then wait another week or two and then add another one back in and see how you do with it and see if you can't get yourself feeling better, less inflamed by getting some of those inflammatory foods out of your your body. Um, And so my takeaway that I really kind of want to leave home, leave, leave you guys with today is that everything you do matters. You know, it really does. Every good choice is a step towards wellness. But 
remember, and we've talked about this before, the results aren't always immediately visible. So, I mean, I, I remember thinking like, I did this 30 days of no sugar and now I'm back on sugar. So what good did that do me? It yeah. did me a lot of good is what right. it did. It helped shift my microbiome right. in a more favorable direction. It helped to heal my gut lining. Mm-hmm. Even if I wasn't able to stick with it long-term for the rest of my life, it was still worth it. Worth, yes. I remember I was trying to find it um, to see, to quote it exactly, but I remember once finding a meme and it said something like, yeah, I ate a carrot once and that didn't work. So I'm not doing that again. Yeah. I didn't see better. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, but it really does matter. Every every carrot you eat, every salad you eat, I mean, all of that does matter. Because think of it, you're eating something, you're eating great micronutrients Mm -hmm. for your body, and you're not eating something that was maybe detrimental to your body. Yeah. In that one instance. In that one instance matters. Yes. But um, so I'm, I'm telling you on one end, every single thing matters. But then on the next end, I'm going to say, and this is a quote from somebody um, named Marie Forleo. I love Marie Forleo. She's an author and she has a podcast and she's just a really inspirational lady. But um, her quote was, success doesn't come from what you do occasionally. It comes from what you do consistently. And so that's why people think, well, it didn't matter. Because when you only do it occasionally, you don't necessarily right. see the whole benefits right. of it. And it just takes time and persistence. And yeah. my takeaway today that I'm going to start working on from our conversation is I'm going to start chewing my food, food. better. Yes. Starting today at lunch, I'm going to... I'm going <sighs> to... Gonna move do my phone away and I'm going to yeah. not have my computer and maybe I'll have the TV on. I don't know. But um, but I'm going to be mindful. Be mindful mm-hmm. and recognize that this is my time to eat and I'm going to chew my food up and I'm going right. to extract the micronutrients from my food. Exactly. <laughs> Starting today. I know. It, it's almost like that that body scan of thinking about, you know, closing your eyes and thinking about it, mm-hmm. you know, as you take the bite, how it's working through your body mm-hmm. and what that looks like and, and how it's nourishing you. So, yeah. Do you have anything to add as far as takeaways or anything? Um, just my takeaway kind of it goes along with what you were saying. I had a friend text yesterday and, and we've been kind of working on some, a lot of diet changes. And mm-hmm. she said, I want to make some chicken noodle soup. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, I've, I've got all my fresh vegetables to cook up mm-hmm. and I got my bone broth mm-hmm. and I was so excited about that because yeah. we'll talk about that later, why bone broth is wonderful. And she said, you know, but I'm going to have the noodles in it. And I kind of joked and I said, we'll just eat everything else, but take the noodles out when you're doing it. And she said, well, then what's the point? I said, honestly, but look at it. You're doing two out of three fabulous things. Mm-hmm. You are, you know, having fresh vegetables, the bone broth, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, yeah, you've got the egg noodles in it, but, you know, two out of three is absolutely fantastic. Right. So it's a, still the same concept of you're making these little changes. Right. That is unbelievable. Instead of buying a can of, you know, processed chicken noodle soup, you're making homemade, fresh chicken noodle soup. Exactly. And And what I hear you saying is like, it doesn't have to be perfect. No. Like you don't have to go from where you're at to all veggies, all lean meat, never another snack ever again. None of us are perfect. No. I mean, it it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And we still have to live and not add that extra stress. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's the takeaway. Make the changes that you can, but don't add stress to what you're Mm -hmm. doing. 
and then be proud of yourself for the changes yes. you are making. You know, instead of, you know, instead of looking at the one thing that you didn't yeah, do right and beating yourself up for it, look at like, heck yeah, yeah, I did this, this, and this. I'm awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we need to start talking to ourselves more that way instead of the critic that we can be to ourselves sometimes. We and have to love ourselves first. We absolutely 100%. do. 100%. And I know I can look in the mirror and if I have one zit on my forehead, that's what I see. And I'm like, Ugh. instead yeah. of being like happy yeah. with the rest Everything of my else. face. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I it's, know. And it's, I'm, you know, I, I'm really working on that because we can be so critical of ourselves. And I think when you can learn not to judge yourself, that frees you up to learn not to judge others. Right. And um, it's really... You know, it's it's some of the work I'm doing right now personally mm-hmm. is just trying to be kinder to myself and just more accepting of yes. other people too. And and it's it's you know, I mean, we're wired yeah. that way, so it's yeah. hard. So yeah, so be thankful for the good that you are doing. I love that. That's a great yeah. takeaway. And I'm excited to yes. talk about next week. So next week we're gonna have our first guest. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to have guests um, frequently throughout the podcast, but we had so much just information to share that we wanted to kind of get these first episodes out and kind of share some of this stuff. And we still have tons more that we want to share together too. But next week, we're going to have Mike Willits. And Mike is, I can't wait to hear what kind of things he can share with us, but Mike is a marathoner. And I know for a fact he's run a marathon in each of the 50 states. Yes, and almost twice. I th- I know he's on Close. his second yeah, time around. Second so round. he'll have to fill us in on exactly how many he's done. And I really want to learn from him um, what some of his keys are to staying healthy and staying active as with a, all yeah. the training he does. And as he's growing older and he's been able to continue on this quest. And Mike is a wealth of information and I cannot wait to learn from him yeah, next week. Well, not only that with Mike, he doesn't just still, how many times has he qualified for Boston? Mm, I mean, I numerous hope. times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's also a duathlete. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he he's out there and he has, as a 50-year-old plus athlete, I'm not giving away your age, Mike, <laughs> but um, he has been very successful and, and continues. So we need to find out what his secret sauce is. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure he's got lots mm-hmm. of secrets. He's an yeah. athletic trainer and he knows so much. Yes, I mean, he does. Yeah. And um, as a doctor, I deferred to him multiple occasions when it came to athletes and injuries because his knowledge is just so um, yes. deep. And he, as a matter of fact, when I hurt my hip, yeah, he was the first person I reached out to. Um, and they have an injury clinic there yeah. at Ohio Valley. And I reached out to him and said, there is something wrong with my hip and I don't know where to start. Can you help yeah. me? And he said, come on over. And yeah. I went on over there and he, you know, He's, checked it out yeah. and got me dialed in with the right people and um, helped me get that on the road to healing. And so uh, so I really appreciate his knowledge and can't yes. wait to learn from him Fantastic. next week. So, yes, I'm so yeah, stay tuned next week for uh, Mike Willits. And um, in the meantime, if you want to go on over to our website and um, comment on our blog, we'll both have blog posts um, um, about this episode. And we'd love to hear from you. And ask questions. Please ask questions. Yes. 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 And, you know, if there's something you guys are wanting to hear about, Comment that on the blog post too, and um, we'll, you know, take that into account for future episodes. So until then, we'll see you next Monday, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. 
Thank you for listening to the PRing Life podcast. If you are interested in learning more or would like to work with us, head on over to our website, www.northsidefunctionalmedicine.com. See you next time.